Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to part three of our mini-series with Ross Marino. 30-plus year financial advisor and the founder of Advisor 2X. Now, we're going to dive more deeply into the expectations of what's going to be happening at this Retirement and Longevity Summit. Before I really just kind of lob this over to to Ross, I just want to say a couple of quick words. Longevity and retirement are not your grandfather's longevity or retirement. You have to fundamentally look at retirement differently, and that is what is going to separate you from the advisor down the street. And with that... We're going to talk about some of the people that are speaking at the Retirement and Longevity Summit. So, Ross, just I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, and, and let's dive in. Sure. Thanks for that. So, we have a, lots of speakers there. As we talked about in the previous podcast, we have variety. We always have variety. The theme may be retirement and longevity planning, but we run businesses. We have dynamic practices, so we always want to look at other things and figure out other ways to make our life better, make our practice better, or to just grow. So we always try to bring in speakers where we know that if an advisor sits and listens to them, whether they're a producing advisor who's teaching or they're a coach or someone from a home office, we want to make sure that the advisor sitting there listening to that person is going to walk away with actionable items has to be specific, has to be relevant, has to be actionable. So we always have a good collection of coaches that we bring in. A lot of them were um, ex-financial advisors who are now coaching. One of my favorites, or I might say my favorite, but it might offend some other people, so I'm going to stick with one of my favorites, is Erin Botsford. Uh, Her website's erinbotsford.com. I'm sure you can put that in the show notes. She was a producer. Uh, Last firm she was with was LPL. While Aaron was producing, she went from 350000 in production to more than $3 million. And now she's taken her whole system and created the Elite Advisor course. Now, I've gone through it myself. It's excellent. What she does is she has a way of explaining what she did, how she does things, in a level of detail. That, that's, it's just fantastic. Sometimes when you listen to these high-level producer, someone that did a few million. Um, I don't know how other advisors feel, but sometimes I would listen to them and think, you are so far beyond what I can even grasp. My practice is a third or a quarter the size of yours, and this stuff does not connect. But you don't get that when you're listening to Aaron. And I'll give you some examples of that. So she has what she calls 11 disturbing tracks. And that means it's 11 questions that will disturb prospects by highlighting their vulnerabilities. Now, most prospects that come in to meet with a financial planner, they're probably a little complacent about some things. And and why is that? Well, it's probably because nobody pointed out the potential vulnerabilities that may exist in their non-investment portion of their financial world. Now, prospects may come to you because they want you to look at their portfolio, and eventually you will. But if you're following Aaron's process, you're first going to start with questions that will include these 11 disturbing tracks. And when you do this, you're not bashing other advisors or professionals. So there's nothing sleazy about this. You're simply asking questions that will expose risks 
that could derail their financial plan. All right, Ross. I mean, you just had a mouthful there, dude. What what are some of the specific interrupting questions that she has, these disturbing tracks that you could share to kind of preview Aaron being on the main stage? So first, and this is going to sound really common, you ask how the assets are titled. If everything is joint, if you have a married couple sitting in front of you, you ask them if leaving money to their children, assuming they have them, is important. Seems like a silly question, but it really leads to an interesting conversation. Here's why you ask them if leaving money to their children is important. Suppose one of the prospects who are married to each other dies. Someone's probably going to die first. Well, every account that's held jointly goes to the surviving spouse. That's what joint is. But just like retirement accounts that leave 100% to their surviving spouse, When you have joint, everything goes to the spouse. 100% now just went to the surviving spouse. Here's the potential problem with that. If the surviving spouse remarries, there is a chance the children will be disinherited. Everything can go to the new spouse, and the children and grandchildren receive nothing. Matt, advisors have seen this with clients. I've seen it in my own family more than once. It happens. So ask the couple if they've ever seen this. Odds are they have. These aren't just internet stories. This stuff happens in life. So how do they feel about it? Do you want to ensure that your children are not disinherited? Well, they're going to say yes, because almost everyone says yes. And now you have a planning opportunity to help them. And as an advisor, just think through this yourself. If you have children, what are your desires? Would you want to risk your children being completely disinherited? I certainly wouldn't. Just the thought of it actually makes me uncomfortable. And this line of thinking will lead to a referral to estate planning. You're not going to solve their problem. You're actually just going to talk about the implications and let them know that we can address this in the financial planning prospect. So we just talked about married people. What what about the other categories of people, Ross? Right? There's there's single people. There's you know there's all, other ways. And and on top of that, there are a lot of people who are terrified to even talk about estate planning. So let's talk about those things. Sure. E- even if the prospect is single, the titling of accounts is important. Are there accounts in a trust? Do they have a transfer on death agreement? Would any accounts be available to their beneficiaries before going through probate court? What if they become incapacitated? How many people have a power of attorney, but it's not durable? That's another disturbing track to explore. And the next, when you're reviewing these assets, ask about out-of-state property or out-of-country property. This is so simple to do. And again, you don't have to be a genius on estate planning here. Is the property titled in any manner other than a revocable trust? And if they say, why, yes. Your follow-up question is, do they know what ancillary probate means? Mm. I think it might be the legal version of a root canal. It's costly. It's uncomfortable. You wish you didn't have to do it. I'm still amazed at how many people own property in their own name or not in an LLC, and then they rent it out or use it for business. So simply reviewing the titling of assets, it's 
next to impossible for someone to have a collection of assets and have all of them titled correctly. So you're going to find some areas to offer advice or a referral or help the people improve their situation. Now, Ross, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to pause you there because it, it's interesting because I know a lot of financial advisors who, whether it's the fear of compliance or just their own level of confidence, that they're quite concerned about talking specifically about estate planning. But, but your ideal target advisor is a certified financial planner and estate planning is part of the, the six areas of competency. So when they come to this, is it going to increase their confidence because they're going to know better questions or how is this going to directly impact the financial advisors? I think the value is, is that as you follow this process, you can engage in a line of questioning that asks about assets, titling, and really estate planning concepts. But at the same time, while you're following those questions, you aren't giving advice. You're not even going to offer to give advice. When I taught the retirement planning and employee benefits module for the CFP program, I used to joke with everybody that the next section and the last section was estate planning. And the reason they made that class last in the CFP curriculum is if it was first, we would all quit. Um, but you're too far committed by the time you get to it because it's rough. But also, once you understand estate planning through the CFP program, I think it brings you to the point where you realize referral is the primary goal. You're not trying to give advice. You have to be able to have a conversation that will lead to that person going to an attorney and actually helping things get done. So I don't worry too much about going into the realm of, I'm uncomfortable, what if they ask me questions, is there a compliance issue where now I'm giving advice, you're asking questions, and anything specific, you can say that's something that an attorney can help with and we'll address it in the financial planning process. But you're taking notes, you're engaging them, you understand risks when they answer the questions, but I'm not qualified to offer solutions. And really, even if in my brain I think I know the solution, I may not because there's always more details that I may not know about. And when you look at Aaron's module on disturbing tracks, it's long, it's really detailed. And as you go through it, at first it might be a little intimidating, but by the time you finish, you realize I don't need to be an expert here. That's not what's going on. I'm simply gathering the data and then I'm making sure I'm writing them down and looking for opportunities where that prospect may need to engage another professional in addition to me. And doing it with Aaron's method, it's so much better. Sure, you get the, da you get the data, but it also gives me an opportunity to explain the vulnerabilities. And that is, here's what could go wrong. Here's the risk that you have. Not here's the solution, just here's the risk. But I got to throw in here that all of her 11 disturbing tracks, they don't apply to everyone. And I use them. But I can tell you, that there's always two to three weak areas that need attention. And when we can expose those weaknesses, we're helping the prospect understand how I can help them in ways their current advisors have not. I love any sort of thing that interrupts a thought pattern that will uncover more opportunities and just give the advisors the opportunity to, to feel confident in asking the questions. But I'm going to challenge you on something here, and I hope you don't mind, which is, I know so many advisors who don't want to ask any question that they don't already know the exact answer to. Does this module help with that? I would say for those advisors, no. 
if I can if I can be direct, <laughs> yeah, do it. That was awesome. That's their problem. Okay. I'm not expected to know the answer to everything. I'm a generalist. I am not a specialist in all these different areas. And my role as a financial planner is to connect them with people who actually know the answers to all of the questions. You can consider me a bridge to those people or a financial director, which is the term that Aaron uses, but I'm not going to be the expert in all of those. If I think I need to be an expert, I need to check myself as a financial planner because I'm not. It's not what I do. So if someone really has that hang up, um, I don't think, well, we'll just move on. This is for the people (laughs) that realize my job is to help coordinate and then help these people find the solution to what they need, or in some cases, even assess the need, which is why you're sending them to attorneys. I'm the director. I'm not the specialist. I'm not the expert. And I am not the hero who answers all of their problems. Nice. All right. So I think we've done a good job of talking about retirement. Is there anything else that I should have asked you? Uh, we can go into the longevity next. If yeah, you that. so yeah, I'm, and that's, that's, I'm, thank you for that. I'm super excited about this because it, there have been a lot of conferences that have talked about, and I'm air quoting, you know, what retirement should look like. But you're really bringing this totally important, powerful conversation, and you've brought in an amazing speaker. So let's talk about longevity planning, which if you truly want to be the family's advisor, which the majority of you want to be, this is the key. One of my favorites is Dr. Roger Landry with Masterpiece Living. He wrote a book called Live Long, Die Short. A Guide to Authentic Health and Successful Aging. Uh, You can get it off of Amazon. It's one of the books that I give to clients and prospects. Absolutely love it. During our first podcast in this series, Matt, I talked about how most people know what they don't want when they retire, right? They don't want to run out of money. They don't want to be forced to work. They don't want to have limitations on healthcare options. They don't want to be a burden to children or loved ones. These are normal, normal desires. These are risks that financial planning addresses. But what's also common is the desire to live well and live long. What good is financial security if I don't have quality of life? And Dr. Landry, he highlights the research that shows us how our lifestyle impacts and determines how we'll age. And in his book, and he does it in his presentation as well, he's going to go over 10 tips for aging successfully, all of which are intuitive. They make for great conversations with clients, great conversations with prospects. For the sake of time, I'm just going to share his big three. So the first he talks about is movement. And we've heard sitting is the new smoking. Being sedentary, it's dangerous. As humans, we require movement. It's why we build that into our conferences, and we make people are moving on a regular regular basis. Our brains, our cardiovascular system, our immune system, even our moods, they all do better with movement. And as advisors, when we do updates with clients and talk to them, we can encourage them to walk, to join a gym, to stay active. I try to include this part in every single conversation I have with a client when we're updating them to find out how they're doing and how their movement's going. Uh, next, you got to engage your brains. This is number two on his top three. Years ago, medical schools were teaching that our brains mature and then decline. And now we know that's not entirely true. Being physically active and learning new things can generate new pathways in the brain. So we can encourage our clients to challenge themselves, to learn new skills, start new hobbies, go to a different grocery store, 
drive a different way to church. Whatever it is that we do, we can help them understand that the constant learning and challenging and doing these things is good for their brain. It'll keep their brain engaged, and it will improve their quality of life. And then as number three, he talks about social engagement. As I mentioned, these are all intuitive. So people have heard this. We have to, of course, keep repeating it and keep the conversation fresh in our clients' minds. As people age, their world tends to shrink. They end up doing less and interacting with fewer people. That's not healthy for the brain and the body. People need to stay connected with other people. And I'll throw one bonus tip in here from Dr. Landry, and that is taking care of something living or making its life better is important. And here's how I explain it to people. I use a little alliteration because it's simple. Think people, pets, plants. That's it. People, pets, plants. When we're responsible for taking care of something or improving its life, it's good for us. It gives us purpose, responsibility, gives us value, and it's a great thing to do for people. When you are building the dais, the, the people who are going to speak, you everybody who's listening to this right now can already see that we're talking about something that's fundamentally unique and different. But I'm going to challenge you again, and I appreciate you letting me do this, Ross, but what about the younger people? I mean, we're going to retire at some point, right? We want to live a long time. How, how do you imp- integrate that with such a, you know, in, in people's mind or in my mind, okay, we're talking about Aaron, you know, we're, we're talking about the doctor, you know, that's when people get a lot older. Did you bring anybody in to fill in like my age people? What's neat about longevity planning is when you look at what Dr. Landry would talk about in his book, again, it's intuitive. You realize that what's important for someone at age 75, for the most part, It's important for someone at 55 or 35 or even 25. So these principles to live long and live well apply across the spectrum of ages. So whether I'm talking with someone that's older or younger, the conversation is going to be fairly similar. I had a conversation recently with a young widow who, of course, was struggling. And I had mentioned, you've got to get out and walk and you've got to get out and move. Next time I spoke with that person, she let me know that an hour a day, she was doing a walk in the morning, and it was having such a wonderful impact on her life. She was in a tough transition, but getting out, she would spend an hour doing it, walking, thinking, being outside. It had made a huge difference, and she was thanking me. So much of what we talk about with longevity, it's not for older people. It's for humans. This is what we do. This is what helps us. So all of these principles, for the most part, we can apply to people in any age bracket. So did, did you bring in a, a guest speaker on this specifically? We have multiple people talking about longevity, and these are going to be the themes that they're talking about. And then we also have people that are speaking about certain events in life that are traumatic because that's a big part of planning. And while, yes, much of it is tied towards longevity and end of life, many of the sessions really apply to any decade in your life as well. Now, I believe from being a coach and a consultant for 15-ish years here that looking at your client relationships like this 
makes it so you are entirely irreplaceable. You are not commoditized anymore because the relationship and the question and all of that is so fundamentally different and unique. Is that the theme here? Is that kind of, did you just guide me into the right question to uncover the theme of, of, in the philosophical underpinnings of what's going on at the summit? I may have unintentionally or uh, uh, subconsciously guided you there, but yes, that really is the gist of it. Portfolios are important. Planning is important. I don't see those going away. I'm not minimizing them. They're extremely important, and people need to work with someone who has competency and can help them in those areas. But really, the magic is to go beyond that and to connect with them on a personal level where you can help them, where your relationships go deeper, where you have more services, where you can talk about the interaction of health versus wealth, where you can talk about how doing things will make them feel better and will help them live longer. So I fully believe that the value going forward for financial advisors and the ones who I think are going to dominate the market are the ones that recognize portfolio management is important, but they also understand that financial planning or retirement planning is important. They're going to take care of those two aspects, but they're going to put a lot of effort lot of energy and spend their money trying to build competencies and a practice to serve people on the personal level. That's where I think it's going. And yes, that's exactly what we're trying to do with this conference. All right. Now, you just used a word that we haven't talked about in this podcast, which is marketing, right? So you you get the tools from Aaron, you get the tools from Dr. Landry, but and that's wonderful, right? But are you also going to show people how to market this successfully? I mean, I'm talking about this as a marketing, the owner of a marketing company. How are you doing that, dude? Yeah, that's great. We have uh, numerous speakers that will talk about how they engage and how they market. Uh, one of my favorites, he's, he's a younger guy, Taylor Schulte. He's an uh, advisor, and he's the co-founder of the Advisor Growth Community. Uh, talking with him is, is just fascinating as we uh, – I was learning – what he does, how he did it, and what the results were. And he's building a retirement planning practice while focusing on clients over the age of 50. And he has certain uh, account size minimums and things like that. I won't discuss that on the podcast, but he is, he's pretty normal for people like us. So his practice is going to be similar to mine and many other advisors out there. Here's what isn't similar. Almost all of his clients come from one place, his website. In a single year, his website generated more than 100 organic inbound leads. That's impressive. How many advisors out there can say the majority of their retiree clients were inbound leads from their website? Not me. <laughs> Not You're many right. I know. Yeah, I right? don't know anybody. Absolutely. And then I thought about the number. How many advisors have had 100-plus leads from their website during their entire career. I'm going to go with no comment on my end. Taylor did it in 12 months, and that's impressive. So what he does in his presentation is he's going to give you 10 tips and strategies for advisors that don't cost a fortune to implement. Spending hundred grand on marketing and generating a bunch of leads, I would say, duh. That's not what he does. He's not one of those guys who says, here's my massive budget and here's my results. What he does doesn't break the bank. It's hyper-local focused SEO strategies. 
It's tips on how you create a good user experience when someone engages you through their website. He talks about how to leverage technology and automation. These are things that advisors can apply pretty easily. And proof's in the pudding. He's done it. He's been doing it. And the results are impressive. And you've really kind of covered all of the bases here there, haven't you? Well, we tried to do that. Remember back at the beginning of the second podcast we did, we talked about the ADD advisor. We need variety. And when I go to a conference, I can't just take one topic and dive deep for two days straight because really there's only so many things I can apply once I leave a conference. So if I just hyper-focus on one particular topic, I may love it and geek out because I love what I do, but the after effect the implementation quotient, which I love and will continue to steal that. I think it's great. It's not going to be that big because I kept it focused. But if we can have variety and we can have personal productivity sessions and how to work with widows or people in transition and how to generate marketing, how to run your appointments better, if we can include all of that, you're going to walk away with multiple action items because you're receiving deliverables and really can make a big difference on your practice. So yes, we try to keep a variety there and we try to make sure there's plenty of opportunities to think, learn, make decisions and improve your practices when you get back to your office. All right, Ross, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today. Is there anything else that you want to say about the summit coming up? We'd love to have everybody there. We're looking forward to it. If anybody loves this topic and you geek out like I geek out, please connect with me. We'd love to have you involved. If you're a speaker, if you're a financial advisor, you have a practice, you're doing something unique, let us know. There's a reason over half of our speakers are producing financial advisors, and it's because we've been fortunate to connect with them, and lots of advisors are doing good work. So if you want to share what you're doing and you like helping other advisors, connect with us. We'd love to have you. And the email is email at, or is it is it your name at RL Summit? How about we just put something in the show notes where we can have a dedicated email just for people who want to reach out to us. And guess what else is going to be in the show notes, which makes me really happy, is there's a TAM, Top Advisor Marketing, code. Use that code when you register and good things will happen. So go to the Retirement and Longevity Summit website. We'll have that in the show notes also. I'm super excited about this. This is going to be fantastic. Another one of those events that you're going to write home about and you're going to want to find out when the next event like this is going to happen because you are going to get actionable, life-changing, practice-changing, business-changing, and even better, client-changing information that will make you so different than the advisor down the street, you won't have any competition at all. So for everybody at the Retirement and Longevity Summit and Advisor 2X and everybody at Top Advisor Marketing, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.